Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Monday, June 5th, and today we are reading in the, cha- in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter We Agnostics on page 50 in the third paragraph. Today's readers are, thank you for your service, Ginger C, Wendy M, Meg S, Maggie S, and Libby E. So the reference numbers for yesterday's special edition, that's Sunday, June 4th, is 10008. That's three zeros. 1008. For 7 a.m. this morning is 10010. Again, 10010. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overreader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Maggie, Maggie S. to read the 12 steps. Go ahead, Maggie. Good morning. This is Maggie S. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me serve. Thank you, Maggie. I will now ask for... Libby E. to read the 12 Traditions. Go ahead, Libby. Thank you, Amy. Good morning. I'm Libby E. I'm a compulsive eater in New York. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except the matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group will never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. 
Nine, OAS thus will never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, since the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Libby. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Um, If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting, again, does request that you share and be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the Big Book in the chapter We Agnostics on page 50 the third paragraph, and I'm going to ask Ginger Ginger C. to get us started. Go ahead, Ginger. Take it away. Hi, Amy. Good morning, everyone. This is Ginger C. recovered in Colorado. Uh, Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. They flatly declare that since they have come to believe in a power greater than themselves, to take a certain attitude toward that power, And to do certain simple things, there has been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. In the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. Once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show the underlying reasons why they were making heavy going of life. Leaving aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them. When many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is the most of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Um, wow, very powerful paragraphs and so much in them. Um, so I don't even know where I want to start sharing. I'm sort of just like, God, help speak, speak through me. Um, so, yeah, I just, I guess I'm going to begin with this. You know, once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, you know, that's all I knew when I was eating those bites of food. I was in so much pain, yet I couldn't stop, you know, because we know that from the doctor's opinion now with the information that was given. Once I start, I don't stop. And again, I'm so grateful for every beautiful bite that I took because that pain built to the point where I finally, in that most desperate prayer, said, God, help me. You know, and this book shows us through and through those who seek, God comes to those. Um, One of our speakers often says, you know, I just take one small step towards that God and God runs to me. You know, and then this is the miraculous part, you know, um, Once we make that step, you know, that's complete surrender. The white flag is finally flying. I'm out of ideas. I am no longer trying to manage and control this food. It's kicked me to the curb, and I am willing to go to any lengths, the honest, open, and willing. But then we get this new power, this new peace. You know, I never had peace. I was in misery. I was in pain. I was always in my head trying to control, trying to figure out a way to get out of things 
trying to make it better, trying to make it go away. There was no peace. And then this happiness and this sense of direction that flowed into them. And then I love this, you know, the most, con- the, um, most important thing, the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important uh, fact of their lives. That was never me. It's amazing, these changes, you know, and how they happen to us. But it all starts when I, again, do that initial seeking, God, help me. I lack power. I need help. And then the most important part of my life each and every day is to stay close and connected because that's how I perform his work well. God, who would you have me be and what would you have me do today? Because it's always being of service, of maxim, maximum service to fit myself, to be useful to others. You know, I was in a meeting yesterday and I couldn't believe it. There were probably 40 people in this meeting. And I would say a third of us were recovered. And it was so AA house, the AA people were saying, oh, my God, this meeting has more people than we do. That is not what I know about. I can tell you many meetings I went to and nobody even showed up. So thank God for this big book. You know, when I went to that conference and I got to see some of this big book, and I love it that it says just doing a few certain simple things. You know, I've got to be into action always, every single day. My disease is doing push-ups in the parking lot. It doesn't take breaks. You know, if anything, it works overtime. It's relentless. So I've got to always be into this. But, boy, I take a certain attitude towards that power, and I do a simple thing. I work these 12 steps, and this transformation happens, and it can happen for you, even if you don't feel it today. Just put the food down and act as if. Follow the directions. Find a recovered sponsor and go through it quickly. Um, So I'm just so grateful to be here in service, and thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Ginger. Now, who would like to share on what was read, please? Judy P. Judy P. Mary H. Mary H. Sylvia F. Sylvia F. Anne D. What a D as in David? B as in boy. Oh, okay. Ann B. Wendy M. Mindy. Wendy M. Oh, oh, Wendy. Jeez, sorry. Okay. Reggie uh, O. Reggie O. Anybody else? All right, that's a great start. I have Judy P. Oops, somebody needs to mute their phone. Judy P. Mary H. Sylvia F. Ann B. Wendy M. and Reggie L. Judy P., you are up. Please go ahead. Thanks so much. Um, morning, Judy P., compulsive overeater from central New Jersey, and thanks so much for your service. Oh, I just love this paragraph, and um, I definitely consider my life today to be a revolutionary change, um, even for my prior recoveries that I had because, as I say, they were flawed because I relapsed twice. But um, this is different. And um, all I can say is it does happen um, if we do what it says. There's a lot of background noise. I don't know if somebody wants to mute. But anyway, um, I do believe in God, uh, my understanding. I never had a belief in God before the program. uh, But I can definitely declare, you know, boldly that the presence of God, the is the most important fact in my life today and I would not want it any other way and I was a huge non-believer when I came in and and I don't even know how it happened I just know that it does and I say you know recovery happens in spite of ourselves like I know I would think well will I really ever have peace and sanity around food oh yeah you do or will I never not be obsessed with how much I weigh? Yeah, you're not. And and I just think it just happens. Like, you almost don't believe it will happen because, you know, my favorite promise, well, second favorite promise, we will know a new freedom and a new happiness. I've never experienced this before. Every day, oh, oh I have my timer set. 
Every day I walk in recovery and I walk with God is going to be a new freedom and a new happiness. I have no idea when I wake up in the morning what will change. Lately, you know, he changed my entire schedule on me, and it's wonderful. And it's something I never even would have considered before. But I find if I stay in touch and really listen to what he's placing on my heart, it always works out so much better than um, anything I ever could have done. Uh, But I'll tell you, when I came in, you know, the thing that got me was not a bunch of people saying they believed in God, but just that there was hope in the room. And and that was not enough to convince me, like, oh, they believe in God, they've recovered. I had to experience it myself. But I saw hope, and I saw people who were happy, uh, and that made a real difference for me. So, as I say every day, so incredibly grateful for Overeaters Anonymous that Roseanne had the foresight to start this 12-step program because, you know, if not, I don't know what I'd weigh and I'd still be searching for the perfect diet. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks again with your service. Thank you so much, Judy P. Mary H., it is your turn, and Sylvia F. will be on deck. Thank you, Amy. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California. And boy, great timing. I was just doing a little prayer before the meeting, um, you know, to start my day. And then I heard this paragraph, which is the solution, um, having that higher power. And then the, specifically the word, a change in attitude. And I just love what's already been shared. It, it's I'm going to have to listen to it again because it was exactly what I needed to hear. And so for an example, I came in to program and I didn't have a higher power like a lot of people. And that's a huge change in attitude that I now have a higher power that I turn to. But it, going even deeper now that I've been recovered um, two years, yay, I look at what is my attitude towards my higher power? What am I asking for when I pray? Because when I first came in, it was more like, you know, help me do this. Help me do that. This is what I want help with. And now I'm trying to focus much more on, of course, what would you have me be? You know, I, I don't have to tell God, my higher power, what my problems are. He he knows what my problems are. And I may have to focus in on exactly what's going on and be more aware of it. But like, for instance, I summer's coming and I don't have enough help with my, my daughter who has special needs. And I freaked out this morning because this is her last week of school. So I have a lot of fear. And I was asking God, help me. Can you help me with this? And I thought, no, no, no. I don't think that's quite what I want to say. I want to say is, um, you know, you obviously know what's going on and please, please uh, guide me in what I need to do and what I need to be. Sounds So just for me, changing the wording of how I talk to my higher power is a change in attitude. I'm not asking him like a parent, you know, will you help me? You know, point me in the right direction right now. It's, it's more of a conversation, and anyway, I don't know if I have any more to say about it, but it's, uh, I just am so grateful for this line. I listen to it every morning, and it helps readjust my attitude so that I can uh, be in alignment and have a normal, sane life. So thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Mary H. Sylvia F. You are up, and Andy is on deck. Go ahead, Sylvia. Good morning, visionaries. This is Sylvia F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado today. I'm delighted to be here. And um, what a great passage, what great shares. And, you know, when I, when I came in, and I came in agnostic, which is without knowledge, and I was willing because I was so desperate um, to figure out how to get some relief. And... Um, and so I had no idea how to do it. And, you know, we have to find faith. And faith, what a beautiful thing. Faith means not knowing, and you're going to do it anyway. And, uh, boy, I have to do that in life in so many ways. So I thought, well, you know, if that's what's required here, I'm in, because whatever I was doing was definitely not working. And 
And uh, I know, and I've said this a lot, that my first higher power was not me. And that's how I had to start. But, you know, in the, re- in the years of studying the big book and practicing recovery, it says that God is there and he's going to help us if he is sought. And I, I had been missing that little piece, if he is sought. And how do I do it? And, and you know, I was told to get on my knees and, and do various things. And, you know, that's fine. That's not what worked for me. And that's fine. Well, I know it works for a lot of people. And so how it works for me now is that um, I also do the meditation every morning. I specifically in my meditation ask him who he would have me be and what he would have me do today. And I get pretty specific answers, you know, um, whether about, you know, the people around me or service or balance in my life. But, you know, I go to God a lot in short bits of pieces and how it really works uh, so well now that I understand um, that I do a meditation on the spot. I could even be talking to someone and do it on the spot when all of a sudden, you know, I, I don't feel good enough, equal enough or whatever. And I do a short meditation and I just take a few seconds to see me as God would see me. And then when I look back at the judgment of you know, I'm not thin enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not rich enough, blah, blah. Uh, I realize I can, I get, I'm allowed to see that that's me and that is not God. And so then I can have it, I, I can say, hey, God, this is not working for me. And I can go with how God sees me. It, what it is, is I get such relief. I can feel it in my mind and my body, that surrender again, because my problem centers in my mind, whether it's how I feel about myself, how I judge others, or what I think I need to eat. It's, it's all centered in my mind. And that's what God helps me with through prayer meditation. And as other people have shared, I don't spend a lot of time directing God. I don't need to. I do need to take the problem. And sometimes, you know, it, it's a mulling over like rolling a rock around in your hand a lot of times. And sometimes it requires patience. But uh, my higher power, God, as I call him, always, always gives me direction. Thank you. As I, uh, if I seek him and I wait and listen, and with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Sylvia. And B, you are up with Wendy and Mondek. Go ahead, Ann. Hi, I'm Ann, compulsive overeater. And um, even though I've been recovered for Twelve and a half years, this is such an important reminder that I need to be in conscious contact with my higher power because I am not. I spend the vast majority of my time spinning in my head. What should I do next? How am I going to get everything done? Oh, you know, and like last night I had, someone needs to mute. Um, at last night I had one of these nightmares where I picked up my favorite trigger food. And, and I noticed in the nightmare my um, my thinking immediately went to this sort of not to, not to hire, someone's not muted, um, not to hire power, but to this rational thinking. Is this a, is this a slip? Is this a... Is this a relapse? Do I have to reset my day count? When that's not what my first focus should be. Someone needs to mute. Um, my first focus should be conscious contact with my higher. And it's just an echo in the background that's happening. I'm sorry, we can't we can't avoid it. No one's admitted. Oh, okay. Um, and if I'm not in conscious contact with my higher power, I can't have recovery. And it's, you know, this business is my disease is doing um, push-ups in the parking lot. Um, that's, you know, that's the way it takes, it manifests, it, you know, that my thinking is here in my head and 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 in my mind when I when I'm spinning in my internal thoughts it always seems very gray, you know. And when when I'm 
in conscious contact with my higher power, there's this light that comes in. Mm-hmm. And things look so much, uh, so much better. And um, yeah, so I um, someone is unmuted. <laughs> um, so I uh, yeah, it's just this this the thing about coming to meetings mm-hmm. is that. I need, you know, it, it reminds me, we read this stuff, and it reminds me that um, that I need to stay in that conscious contact, because otherwise I'll forget, and I'll pass. Thank you, Anne. Not sure what was going on there, but uh, thanks for hanging in there. It's, you know, technical issues, static on the phone line, or maybe your own. Sorry about that. But thank you very much for your share. We will roll with it next. Wendy N., you are up. Please go ahead with Reggie O. on deck. Yes, good morning. It's Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. I'm so happy to be on the line, Amy. Thank you so much for your service and everyone else. Um, So much to say here, Um, you know, starting just with the word revolutionary um, change. And this is a program of change. It's a guarantee that if I take action, because it's a program of action, I will experience change. I experience change all the time when I'm willing to take that action. And it says here, too, I mean, it says so much, but um, a change in their living and their thinking. And as someone said recently on the line, it doesn't say a change in their eating, although me being entirely abstinent is absolutely a revolutionary change. The moment I got entirely abstinent almost a year ago, um, I had an entire change. And it wasn't just because the ingredients in my body had shifted. It was, it was I'm willing to have God. I am so willing. I am willing to do anything, my sponsor said. I am willing to change at any level as best that I can because what I'm noticing now is um, I'm walking into a room, just a metaphor, it's dark, and now the lights are on. And I'm looking around, and I'm like, oh, my God, I have so much to change. You know, more will be revealed. It is just coming like in buckets, like a, like pouring rain, you know. And the good news is I don't stop and go, holy buckets. I have so much to change. I say, oh, my God, I had no idea what I was swimming in. I had no idea. Even like now, like things change constantly. Information is coming in all the time, you know. And, for example, when it says change in our thinking, thank you, God. I said yesterday at a meeting, Thank you, God, I'm sick. Thank you, God, my thinking is no good. That means I have an opportunity to have an unbelievably different and revolutionary change in my thinking. If my thinking isn't good, I get to change my thinking in that moment. And that, to me, is a revolution. It is an unbelievable revolution. And, you know, this morning I was triggered by something. And what, it, what came to me in my writing to God was when I get triggered, I get resentful because that person made me feel bad and it's their fault and I'm going to blame them. Rather than looking at my defects of character that are up, I go straight to they're making me feel bad. How dare they make me feel bad? I'm an addict. I don't want to feel bad and I've got to blame somebody. You know. So having this insight, I mean, it takes four minutes two to get to God and then to hear God's will and God's word. And that's what I heard this morning. You don't want to feel icky, so you're going to blame them. And you're going to completely avoid the fact that you've got defects. The other thing about feeling icky is it's God wants my attention. Every time I've got the trigger, and I think that's my time, uh, I get to change and God's knocking on my door. Thank you, God. And for that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Wendy M. Reggie O., it is your turn. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everybody. And, uh, boy, this, this, what, a, what, a, what a paragraph. I, and it's been so great to hear everybody this morning. Uh, well, I just love that. You know, these uh, hundreds, many hundreds of people, the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives. 
And, you know, I am so grateful this morning to be able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is the most important fact in my life. And the reason for that, I guess, you know, uh, a pretty practical reason is that there is continuing to be a revolutionary change in my way of living and thinking. Um, and before, you know, before I returned, I've been had a long history in OA with a lot of time out and a lot of time away from working the steps and not, not being recovered. But uh, when I came back in here, you know, there was that, you know, that, that uh, I wasn't necessarily in collapse and despair, but uh, totally, but I was really scared. And, uh, and I was, you know, I was, as I say, plagued by uh, the seeming futility of existence, and that my 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 way was really not working, and I was lost, you know. So, um, so that is changing in me. I was out for a walk this morning, which was inspired to do. You know, it's like I I I pray a lot today. It's right, you know, God, what would you have me do next? Uh, you know, giving over things and so that I just give God over to a conversation that I'm going to have so I don't have to worry about it, think about it. And uh, and I was out for a walk this morning uh, because, it, yeah, because I was listening. That was what I was led to do. And I had the most, I mean, it was like almost like a spiritual experience. I was actually having this relationship with the trees and I was drawn to, when I got back to, uh, to come back and check on this tree that I'd been taking care of. It was kind of on its way out. And, um, and it was just this wonderful. It was like they were beings in my life, you know. And uh, and I looked down and I saw this dollar bill at my foot. And I, I picked it up and I thought, oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's the message, isn't it? Because on the back of the dollar bill, in God we trust. And um, and I brought it in with me. And it was just, it was just like another sign. And uh, I've been plagued by what do I do with my work for a long period of time. And I was inspired literally not long ago to begin a, a little bit of a different direction in what I was doing. And it really took my breath because it was a very uncomfortable for me. And, um, and I just did Saturday a second piece of this work. And I don't think I've ever, this work, you know, I've done, been, I, I really, you know, when I'm with God, my work is really, I, I love what I do. And, and I certainly was with these two pieces. And I just felt like, oh, my gosh, that was so, I was so happy. I was so satisfied. I felt like, you know, I'd really made a difference. And I had turned it, I had really given it over to God. I, uh, you know, just show me, <laughs> show me. And I, cause I used to be a great planner and thinking I just had to take, stay with my notes and things like that. Now I give it over, you know, I plan and I give it over. And uh, I'm very, very, very grateful. Um, and I'll pass. Thank you for the time. Thank you so much, Reggio. Okay, so we're going to open up to take a few more shares here. Who would like to jump in? Nadia B. Nadia. Barbara Susan B. Sherry K. B. Uh, Susan C. Sherry. No, Susan, Susan B. is in boy. Okay, thank you, Susan. And Sherry K. B. That's Elaine B. Here we go, Elaine B. Okay, Nadia, Nadia B in Connecticut. Can I be heard? And who's that? Who just said, "Can I be heard"? Because I think that might be the person I missed. This is Nadia B. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Then we'll go with what we got. Nadia B, Susan B, Sherry K B, and Elaine B. So it's your turn. Please go ahead. Good morning, everyone on the West Coast. This is Nadia B, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader in Connecticut, and uh, so grateful to be studying with you today. Um, what strikes me today is. Uh, in this reading is, uh, you know, we come to believe. We don't come to know. Uh, and I so wanted to know always, um, actually. And But this book teaches me to um, have certain things uh, and attitudes changed. And, you know, for me, it all started with changing my food. It was pretty revolutionary, 
you know, being entirely abstinent. Um, and as a result of this um, change in my attitude towards food, there were certain attitudes uh, towards everything else in my life that changed. Um, you know, some open-mindedness uh, came along as a result of change uh, of of being entirely abstinent. And, um, you know, even for in a in a few days or weeks uh me you know always um being making this heavy going on life you know while abstinent now working the steps uh i think you know i started feeling better my life became better and better i started uh feeling less depressed less sad less frustrated less anxious um and for me today you know i really love these questions that are you know i pose to myself um as a result of studying with you guys uh so you know today for me nadia is are you still uh, making a heavy going on life while abstinent? Is your life satisfactory today? And that is something that I take into prayer and meditation. Um, you know, whenever it also says here, um, are conscious of a presence of the conscious of a presence of our higher power is uh, the most important thing. So this is the question for me, <laughs> you know, are you um, conscious of a presence of your higher power or are you conscious of your discomfort? Uh, and, you know, when I am conscious of my discomfort, uh, I have to, uh, I have tools today. You know, I have this uh, sign. Thank you. Steps to follow, you know, 10, 11, and 12. And while I do that, um, you know, the sense of direction flows in me and I find peace and not high from food and heavy going on life. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Eddie. Thank you, Nadia. Okay, Susan B., it's your turn and Sherry KB on deck. Go ahead, Susan. Hi, everyone. Uh, this is my first time sharing, so bear with me. Um, I'm Susan B. Um, Susan B., a grateful, recovered, um, compulsive overeater. And um, the thing that really spoke to me was worldly indeed, um, because that was me. Um, for me, it was all about, you know, what I looked like, um, you know, being the most fit, the exercising. Um, it was about driving the fancy cars, um, having the job, uh, you know, with the big salary. Um, it was all about things of the world. And I just kept getting more and more and more. And, you know, I became spiritually bankrupt, essentially. And, you know, realized that none of this was making me happy. Um, it was just causing me, um, you know, a heavy going of life that they're talking about. And um, for me, it's been a gradual process and realization that um, I do have to seek God in my life. Um, the disease will try and come back in there and tell me these lies that, you know, you'll be happier if you get this or you get that. And that's when I, you know, that's when I need to reach out to other like-minded people in this fellowship. I need to be around people and I need to be in fellowship with people who are seeking a spiritual path, which is very important. And I think for me, I have to ask myself daily, am I putting God first in my life? Um, and I need, you know, action was mentioned. Um, I think action is key. It's not about just sitting here. It's about taking action. It's about, you know, serving others and doing and living the way God would want me to live, and that that is key as well. Um, so, I guess for me, it's just not that I arrive. Um, I'm gradually. It's a daily reprieve, and um, it's something that I have to work on on an ongoing basis. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Susan, and welcome, Sherry you. KB. You're up. 
Good morning, Amy. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Thank you for your service and everybody on the line. I love these paragraphs. Um, where do I begin? Um, flatly declared, that's a big one, flatly declared that we've come to believe in a power greater than ourselves um, because of a certain attitude toward that power um, by doing certain things, and certain things to me means the steps that I've had a revolutionary change in the way of living and thinking. And, you know, when I got abstinent, um, I thought that that was revolutionary for me. I thought that was enough. But as I continued to stay abstinent, I noticed that, you know, it wasn't enough. I was yearning for something else. Something was missing for me. And when I got abstinent and then got into the step work, what a difference it made. It started changing my thinking, it revolutionized my thinking, my way of living. Um, it gave me <clears throat> the power for peace and happiness and, and a sense of direction that flowed in me that I could not describe before in my life. Um, and, you know, just by, and it says wholeheartedly um, met a few simple requirements, which means to work the steps, to live in 10, 11, and 12, uh, to work, you know, working with others, uh, doing a 10 and 11 step every day that, once I was had been confused and baffled by, you know, the seemingly futility of existence of the, my life problem is what was going on. And um, I, because of the steps and because of getting unblocked from my higher power, I was able to um, deal with the heavy goings of life that I never could do before. And, you know, as it says, leaving aside the, the food question, it's that, you know, see, I thought my life would be okay once I got abstinent. And what I realized is that just putting down the food was just the beginning to open up a, a doorway for me to get in and get my higher powers help to be able to live a better satisfactory life than I've ever dreamed before. And so for me, you know, the presence of God today is the most important thing in my life um, <clears throat> without exception because um, without my higher powers, out guiding and connecting with my higher power daily, I couldn't leave. I mean, I couldn't leave. I couldn't live in the fourth dimension, fourth dimension of existence. And I am just so grateful. This, these paragraphs are just beautiful. And that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Who else would like to chime in here today? Actually, this is Elaine B. And I haven't shared yet. That was Sharon S. H. Oh, thank you. I think. Pardon, Elaine. I beg your pardon. Please go ahead. Oh, that's okay, Amy. Thank you for your service. This is Elaine B. Recovered in Massachusetts and very grateful um, that today uh, the conscious presence of God in my life is the most important thing. Um, But, you know, I didn't, it wasn't always that way. It took some time to get that way. Um, You know, when I came into OA, there was the hope of step one. There were people who weren't being taken over by the food, taken out by the food, 100 pounds overweight by the food. I saw people with serenity and normal-sized bodies who just didn't feel like they were totally defeated like I was when I found that I was in the face of total failure of my human resources. And um, I had to admit that. And I I was so grateful for the hope to find another way, rung one, step one. (laughs) And... um, then I needed to go on to step two, which is what we're looking at, which is that, you know, all human effort, all my self-knowledge, all my self-reliance, total failure. And I was despairing and I needed help. And the help I got to get a food plan, to be in a community of people that inspired me, learning about tools that would help me try to keep the food down one day at a time was a start but it was just 1A. <laughs> my life was still unmanageable. I still needed a power greater than myself. So I had to look at step two. And the relationship that I had with God was not sufficient to help me um, overcome my eating problem or my other problems. Mm-hmm. So I needed to be open. I needed to be more mm-hmm. open. <clears throat> I needed mm-hmm. to expand my thinking about what a power greater than myself might be, to let go of preconceived notions about organized religion, other people's definitions of God, of anything, and just reach out with a hope that there was a power greater than myself that would uh, relieve my compulsion to overeat and help me with the unmanageability of my life, to pull me out of that pit of despair. 
and I found it to be true. I, I didn't find it to be true at step one. That was just the beginning. That was me cracking open the door. That was me having hope that what was helping me put the food down and these rooms would help me every day. So this community is so important to me. I find I have to, I need a food sponsor. I need a big book sponsor. I need to sponsor others. I needed a community I can reach out to to do 10 steps to clean the poo on my shoe that I get every day, my emotional backup. And, um, but more than that, I need a power greater than, my, than myself that's going to direct me in my <clears throat> decisions about food and life and even who to call for help um, every single day. And it is the most important fact in my life today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Elaine. Thanks for your patience. Okay, we've got room for about two shares here. Who would like to chime in? This is Stacy from Pennsylvania. Uh, Stacy, is that right? Yes. Stacey and your last one, Pen- uh, S. Did you say F? You're a little, uh, what do you call it, foggy. S in Samantha. Oh, there you go. I can hear you clearly now. Can you hear me better? Okay. Yeah, that's much better. Um, anyone else? All right. I'll take that spot then. Okay, Stacy. Please okay. go ahead. All right. I can be heard? I uh, Yes, very well. Thank okay. you. Okay. Um, I am just so blessed to be at this meeting. Um, you know, what I have found since I've come into OA a while back is that my ideas and my conceptions of what my higher power should be doing in my life are not the same as what um, they used to be. Um, they used to feel really unworthy of a higher power and feel like if if there was a higher power, that that higher power would have taken the fork out of my hand and made it all stop. And the reality of it is I, that I had to get to the point where the fork had to be out of my hand and then I could pursue a relationship with that higher power. Um, you know, and um, abstinence is is a gift. I see that as a gift today. Um, it's a gift of me continuing to draw closer to my higher power on a daily basis, doing um, step 10, 11, and 12 on a daily basis to the best of my ability. Um, because I can't be abstinent if, sorry about the dogs, I can't be abstinent if I'm, sorry, I can't be abstinent if I'm, um, my own higher power or if I'm having food be my higher power. So, um, you know, and it is revolutionary thinking. It's revolutionary change because the, the thoughts of the world are that, um, you know, the self, our self-sufficiency should be enough, our knowledge should be enough, and it's not. Um, I've come to know that um, during my time in OA and since I've been doing the vision for you that has just completely, um, I, I'm so appreciative for a vision for you because my mind has completely opened um, in all different directions. Um, to know that my spiritual awakening has to come first in my life in order for my abstinence to be second. So with that, um, I'll pass and I'm grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Stacy. Um, my name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. When I see a paragraph where they have a number of adjectives repeated over and over again, I usually like think heads up. And you know, in this second paragraph, it talks about doing certain simple things and meeting a few simple requirements. And for me, you know, the saying in the room is a simple program, complicated people. At least that's the way I see myself, and I tend to complicate things. And I need to remember what is this simple, or as it says in the beginning, there is a solution, that we have a common solution, a simple solution. It's these 12 steps. And in this chapter, we agnostics, if I break it down to its simplicity, what it is to me is just believing in something greater than myself, whatever that may be. And it's so powerful what it talks about here is power, peace, happiness, thousands of men and women. This is what I saw with the people who had recovered. I saw with them. I heard on the line. I see in a meeting when they recovered. I see in their eyes peace 
happiness and the power to overcome compulsive overeating. It is a powerful, powerful statement. They're saying here thousands of men and women. I don't know about you all, but I came into this program with terminal uniqueness. You didn't have as bad as I did. You know, I'm worse than all of you all. Certainly, if you had my problems, you would eat too. And then came the realization and the facts and the experiences of those who stood in front of me and whom the problem had been solved. Well, they had a power that I needed because I didn't have it because of the greater aspect of this disease, which is the mental obsession. And my revolutionary change was to just simply choose to surrender. That's what it's about in the beginning for me. It's about choosing to to surrender and then wanting to be restored to sanity. That's what I had to believe in, in the people who were sane where I was not when it came to food. And I had to be willing to do certain simple things and meet certain simple requirements. And that's all I needed to get started. And then the evolution of my spiritual experience, my spiritual growth, came through the process of doing, i.e., the 12 steps. I'm so grateful for this program. It has saved my life and given me a revolutionary life beyond my wildest imagination. And with that, I will pass. I'd like to thank everyone for their patience on the line as we went in and out of some technical difficulties. I'd love to thank everyone as well who has shared. We are now going to close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Wendy M., take it away. Hi, Wendy M. Recovered in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Asking in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.